We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, June the 8th, 2020. On today's show, we continue along with the 2020 opponent preview series today. We are breaking down the Georgia Bulldogs. I'll break down Georgia, talk about their head coach, Kirby Smart, how they fared a season ago, their best returning players on offense and defense. Give my overall outlook for Georgia's season, the game in Columbia as well, much, much more. Also, I give my thoughts on Dabo Sweeney. What has gone on with the Clemson program over the last week? Dabo's seeming to be lack of awareness. Much, much more my full thoughts, opinions on that. So sit back, enjoy. we got a packed show. It's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket-buying app by far, the only ticket-buying app I use, and the only one I recommend. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, sports are on their way back. I know you guys saw we're getting NBA back. Hopefully MLB is going to come along. College football, I think, is going to happen, and hopefully we're going to have some fans in the stands. If you need your tickets, when sports do come back, you want to be the first to get your tickets, right? Whenever you go get your tickets, SeatGeek is changing the way we all buy tickets. They're making it super simple, super easy. They got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting, guys. So never again, you have to worry about scalping. You have to worry about wondering what I'm paying for, where am I sitting, what type of deal am I getting. They're going to take care of all that for you. The worst things ever, ever is you get in the stadium, you get in your seats, you're talking to the person next to you. They're like, oh, yeah, I got my tickets for $20. And you realize you paid $80 and you overpaid or whatever it may be. You feel like an idiot. SeatGeek takes care of all that for you. They make it super simple, super easy. They're going to give you that peace of mind when you click the buy button so that you know you're making the best absolute purchase you can make. And then you can just simply go enjoy your event again. They take care of all of it for you. So go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a packed show. I know a lot of you are probably wondering, Chris, I thought you said you were going to be at the beach this week, taking this week off, whatever. So plans changed. Um, had some things happen with the family. My dad is actually under the weather, so we decided not to go. So unfortunately, I am not at Hilton Head Beach this week. I'm not happy about it. But hey, I am happy to be talking to you guys. I figure why not Let's get the show rolling. Let's get it going. Whatever business as usual. So I'm still in Columbia, still hanging out. We're still doing our thing. Um, 
yeah. So hopefully I'm just hoping my dad gets better, everything, whatever. He's feeling under the weather. So that obviously pushed the beach trip back. It will be happening sometime this summer, but could not happen this week. So again, that's why we're having the show. We're business as usual this week. Very, very excited. Everything, as you guys know, the podcast, the streaming, everything. We are completely business as usual this week. And I'm very excited because of the today we are continuing along with the opponent preview series talking about Georgia. There's a lot to talk about, though, outside of that as well with everything going on in the world, which I'm going to address later in the show. But I'm very excited. Anytime I have the opportunity to talk to you guys, even though I'm not on vacation, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. If I'm not going to be on vacation, I want to be talking to you guys, the best listeners in the world best supporters in the world. So I do appreciate it. a couple of housekeeping items before we get going. As you guys always know, if you haven't done so rate, subscribe, go leave five stars for the podcast, go leave a review, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, wherever it may be, go leave your thoughts, your feedback, whatever it is, leave five stars. It helps boost up the podcast for those that maybe have not found it. Don't know about it. It helps them to find it. So I really do appreciate you guys doing that. And also if you're not subscribed, if you're listening and you're not subscribed, don't know what you're doing. You're going to get the daily notifications for the podcast. You want to be sure you are subscribed and you get those notifications. So again, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, I am not on vacation at the beach. I am at home, but we're talking football. We're keeping it going. Off-season content is in full steam ahead. And today, really excited because anytime you're talking about those damn dirty dogs, it makes for a fun show. So we're continuing along, like I said, the 2020 opponent preview series talking about the Georgia Bulldogs. Gamecocks hosting Georgia Saturday, November the 7th at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia. The all-time series record, Georgia leads at 51-19-2. But obviously, again, this is another series that, you know, when Steve Spurrier took over, and especially in the last decade, South kind of saw themselves on the right side of a lot of those games, or a lot more than they had in previous years before. We all know what happened last year, arguably the biggest upset in South Carolina football history, one of the biggest upsets ever, I would say, in college football history. I think the Gamecocks were, what, a 24-point underdog? 24-and-a-half is a huge spread. The game in Athens, South Carolina, all they do is go to Athens. Israel McQuamu has the game of his life, three interceptions. Um, the offense does just enough, and the Gamecocks beat Georgia in overtime 20 to 17. Definitely one of those games you'll never forget where you were. You'll never forget that day, that moment. I know it was crazy for me, crazy for Gamecock Nation. Um, but South Carolina winning the last match of 20 to 17 last year in overtime between the hedges. Um, 2019 with the Dogs, they went 12 and 2, 7 and 1 in the SEC. Obviously, the one loss being USC. And they did win the SEC East, lost to LSU in the SEC title game, which LSU was a damn buzzsaw last year. They killed everybody. Um, and then Georgia did win um, the Sugar Bowl over Baylor, 26-14. to 14. So, overall, you know, not the year, I guess you could say, Dogs fans wanted because I think this, this is a program, Georgia is a program that every year, the yearly expectations of win the national championship at this point. Um, but definitely not a bad year. I mean, you, you cannot call last year a bad year for Georgia. Uh, their head coach, Kirby Smart, coming into his fifth season, 44-12 and 12 in his first four years. And after a, a rocky first year, I might add, the three-year stretch they are on, 36-7 and seven over the past three seasons with three SEC championship game appearances, one SEC title. They've won the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, and they went to the national title in that span as well. So Kirby's got that thing rolling at Georgia. And we all know what they've done on the recruiting trail as well. They're top five in recruiting every single year. I think they've been number one or number two a couple of times. So Kirby Smart and company, they have got it rolling in Athens right now. Um, 
we take a look at how they fared last season. I already talked about the record, but let's go game by game and week by week. Uh, Georgia started out very good. Uh, won their first five in a row. Won at Vandy, beat Murray State, beat Arkansas State, beat Notre Dame, which was a big nationally televised game. Beat them 23-17. Crushed Tennessee at their place 43-14. to So they came in that game 5-0. and Remember, South Carolina was kind of reeling, if you will, um, especially after the early season loss to North Carolina. But the Gamecocks find a way to get the huge upset 20-17 to in Athens, which obviously shocked the college football world. It shocked me, even as a fan. It completely shocked me. Um, Georgia then, though, proceeded to win their next six in a row to close out the season. Beat Kentucky, beat Florida in the annual matchup in Jacksonville, uh, beat Mizzou, beat Auburn, beat Texas A&M, and crushed Georgia Tech to end the regular season at 11-1, and 7-1 and one in the SEC. Lost, like I said, to LSU in uh, – lost to LSU in the SEC championship and then beat Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. So, again, obviously a really good year, and it's crazy because that South Carolina game just sticks out. Like, you think to yourself, like, how on God's green earth – and I still think to myself this day, and it's not a slight against us, but it's like, how did we beat Georgia that game? Like, just that, – that was the one game Georgia just – I don't know. It just it was South Carolina's day last year. It was South Carolina's day. They got the win. And Georgia's probably in the playoff if it's not for the Gamecocks. I remember coming coming down. I think Georgia finished like fifth or maybe sixth in the playoff vote. And you have to think if they beat South Carolina and their one loss is to an undefeated LSU, there's a decent chance they're in the playoff. So we can definitely argue that South Carolina kept Georgia out of the playoff for sure. Uh, we take a look at the best returning players on offense and defense for Georgia. We'll start on offense. Wide receiver George Pickens, to me, is the guy that really, really stands out for this Georgia offense. Obviously, you know, they lose a ton. DeAndre Swift is gone. A lot of offensive line is gone. Obviously, Jake Fromm is gone. Um, you know, Andrew Thomas, I talked about the O-line. He's the big left tackle. He's gone. Those are all draft picks. But they do return George Pickens, who as a true freshman, guys, 49 catches, 727 yards, and eight touchdowns as a true freshman. Phenomenal season, six foot three, 190. It's assumed that Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest transfer, is probably going to be the new quarterback for Georgia this year. He has been named the starter. George Pickens definitely going to be his go-to target. No questions asked. Um, Pickens, I think, one of the best receivers in the SEC. I forget where he's been put as far as – preseason all SEC teams, but a guy I imagine probably is on the first or the second team. One of the better receivers in the SEC. I think he's going to absolutely tear it up as a sophomore this year. Uh, best returning player on defense for Georgia. And I went back and forth on a couple of names because I think there are a couple of different guys that deserve this. But I'm going inside linebacker Monty Rice. Monty Rice, 89 tackles, three tackles for loss a season ago. He is their leading returning tackler, a senior and a guy who's a true leader of their defense. I kind of look at him at kind of kind of what TJ Brunson was for the South Carolina defense. Just that leader in the middle, that guy who you can depend on week after week. I mean, I went through and looked at his stats. Um, went through and looked at his stats last season. And I don't think there's really one week or one game that really jumped out to me last season. He's just a consistent player week after week. Like, it's nothing – you know, I wouldn't say it's anything crazy. Like, he had some 20-tackle game last year. It's just – Week after week after week, he's up there seven, eight, nine, ten tackles. So, definitely a solid guy in the middle. But I will say, the other guy I want to talk about, Richard LeCount, the safety, comes back. He returns four interceptions last year. Georgia with one of the best secondaries in the entire country. And LeCount is definitely one of those guys who is a leader for them back there. 
So definitely a guy. He is a turnover machine. He is an absolute turnover machine for the dogs, no question. Um, you take a look at the overall outlook for Georgia. And let's talk about the 2020 schedule for the dogs. You go down the list here. They open up the season in Atlanta against Virginia, then have East Tennessee State at home at Alabama, which is a huge week three matchup in Tuscaloosa. Then they have ULM, Vandy, Auburn at Mizzou, Florida and Jacksonville, which is obviously the other huge matchup, at South Carolina November the 7th, Tennessee at Kentucky, and then Georgia Tech at home. I take a look at that schedule just off the bat. I think – I think Georgia is at worst a 10 and 2 team. I, I probably will be picking them to go 11 and 1. I think out of at Bama and Florida, I think they'll split those two. I do not think they lose them both. Um, I've got Georgia again, probably 11 and 1. Listen, I know that Florida is the sexy pick. Florida's the sexy pick to win the SEC East. If you look at any college football analyst right now, or a lot of them at least, a lot of people are picking Florida to win the SEC East, which makes me want to pick Georgia to win the East that much more, honestly. Florida's that trendy pick right now, and Georgia's going to show up and be like, hey, don't forget about us. What about us? We're here. You know, yeah, we lost some stuff, but if, if, if Jamie Newman pans out, Georgia runs away with the East again, in my opinion. And that's, you know, talking about just the overall outlook for the dogs. That's got to be the biggest storyline, I think, of the offseason for Georgia this year, and that is Jamie Newman. The Wake Forest transfer, um, you take a look at his game, and I think it's going to be interesting, not just Jamie Newman, but the offensive identity and the evolution of their offense. Um, Jamie Newman's stats a year ago, you look at Wake Forest, he threw for 2,868 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 picks, but he also ran it 180 times, 574 yards, and six touchdowns. So a guy who's a dual-threat guy and is a playmaker. And, again, I think it's going to be interesting because Georgia is going to be going to a completely different offensive scheme than what they're used to. Offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, you know, it's not going to be that three yards and a cloud of dust and that I-formation play-action type of offense. I think you're going to see a lot more RPO, a lot more spread. And is that system and that scheme, is that going to work in Athens? I think that's the biggest storyline because, listen – I think Georgia defensively is loaded. They're loaded defensively. And they return, you know, it's a defense that last year, um, taking a look at the stats here, Georgia last year, they led the nation in scoring defense 12.6 points per game. And you return eight starters from that. They're going to be fine defensively. It's all about offensively. Can Jamie Newman be the guy? I think offensive line will be a bit of a question as well because they lost so much. But it's all going to come down to the play of Jamie Newman and how he fits into their new offensive scheme. Um, especially with, you know, everybody lost spring ball, I get it, but losing spring ball is definitely tough because you lose out on those practices to incorporate that new scheme, that new system. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see. But I think Jamie Newman's a solid player. Again, how does he transition going from Wake Forest and the ACC to SEC competition? Now, I get it, his supporting cast is going to be much, much better. But there's no question in my mind, that is the number one storyline for Georgia going in this offseason. You know, it's crazy. I talk to Georgia fans a lot. A lot of them didn't like Jake Fromm. A lot of them thought he was just a game manager, was inconsistent. I mean, I thought the guy was pretty decent. I mean, I know he played like shit against South Carolina, but I thought the guy was pretty decent. But 
I think if Jamie Newman can pan out, that, that's going to be the thing that pushes Georgia over the edge from being just winning the East and getting to Atlanta to being a true national championship contender. I really think so. I think that's the thing that could really push Georgia over the edge. Um, like I said, I talked about, you know, what is the offensive identity? Can you transition with Jamie Newman under center? You take a look at their schedule. I, I think the two weeks that are simply going to define the Georgia season is at Bama and Florida. That, those two games, and I don't think I'm, I'm making some, uh, you know, bold statement there by saying that those two games are going to define the season for Georgia. The question outside of that, though, is will Georgia, Georgia? <laughs> will Georgia, Georgia? You know, I mean, I'm not, again, not taking anything away from South Carolina last year, but Georgia is always good for one of those games, right? One of those letdown games, they don't play their best, and boom, they lose one they should. Can Georgia avoid that type of upset? Um, I take a look at their schedule. I mean, I wouldn't call at Missouri a really point for an upset. Obviously, at South Carolina is going to be one to watch because Carolina beat them last year. Uh, Tennessee at home, maybe. Could be a spot for an upset. But, you know, Auburn at home will be a tough game. You know, Bo Nix and Gus Malzahn, that, that big rivalry. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, there really should not be – you know, there's not a game on the schedule I look at and say that it sets up for the upset to happen. You know what I mean? Or that it's, it's the perfect spot for the upset. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I do not see it. I think Georgia, the way they've recruited, you know, I think the expectations – <clears throat> it's really going to come down to at Bama and Florida. Um, I think one of the interesting things, too, what is the, you know, and listen, Kirby Smart is 100% not on the hot seat. It's not what I'm implying, but what is the pressure like on Kirby Smart? Because hypothetically, if Florida does win the East, if they go 11-1, and one, say, and beat Georgia and win the East, Georgia fans are not patient. You know, Georgia fans are not patient. And while it's been a joke – a lot of people have made the comparisons between Kirby Smart and Mark Rick. And I, I know that they're unfair comparisons. I can acknowledge that. They're unfair. But what type of pressure, I guess, is there on Kirby Smart? You know what I mean? Like, they're, the pressure to win is high. And listen, you want to be at a program like that. There are extremely high expectations at Georgia, no question. There should be. There should be. With everything they have, with the fan support, the facilities, the way they've recruited – the, the expectations should be to win a championship, no doubt, and they are. Um, but I just wonder if the job doesn't get done this year again, will there start to be sort of rumblings in Athens? Again, I don't think they'll be warranted, but Georgia fans are not patient. They are not patient. They're not going to be patient, especially, like I said, if Florida continues to improve under Mullen, if Tennessee continues to improve – Georgia fans are not going to be patient with this thing. When you take an, the overall outlook of the game itself, though, and what it means from the South Carolina side of things, um, obviously last year you get the upset. You go to Athens, you, think, you do the unthinkable. The question now becomes, can you do it again? Can, can you beat Georgia again on your home field? Um, you know, I'll be honest, guys, without giving it a prediction, I think it's going to be very tough. I think Georgia's going to come into this game with a chip on their shoulder, wanting the revenge factor I think will play into this game. Um, when you take a look at where it is on the schedule, though, the game is sandwiched for South Carolina, or at least for Georgia, excuse me, 
The game is sandwiched between the Florida game and the Tennessee game. Listen, I don't think you're going to catch Georgia sleepwalking, especially after last year, but it does fall in a very, very interesting spot on the schedule. Um, I think this is one of those games for South Carolina. Again, you can use this. You know, Muschamp, Muschamp really used that Georgia game last year in the midst of a terrible season to sell, hey, this program is on the rise. We're moving in the right direction. Um, could you possibly, even if it's in a loss, could you possibly do that again? Again, you get them on your home field. You get them at Williams-Brice, probably in prime time. Could South Carolina do the unthinkable and beat the Georgia Bulldogs again? Be very interesting to see. So, again, Saturday, November 7, South Carolina taking on the dogs at Willie B. Should be a real fun one. Um, all right, before we wrap up the show, I do want to talk about just really, really quickly. I was not going to spend the entire show talking about this. But I do want to address the, the Clemson stuff going on right now. Dabo Sweeney, the picture released over the weekend of him wearing the Football Matters T-shirt. Um, you know, again, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. And all I'll say is this, because I know everybody's talking about it. I'm sure people are wondering what my opinion on it is. You know, I, I, Dabo Sweeney's not an idiot. He, he, he's not a complete idiot. I refuse to believe that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I, I went back and forth on even posting the picture of Dabo wearing, wearing the T-shirt, the Football Matters T-shirt. And it's, it simply comes down to this, guys. I know what football matters is. I know it's an organization. I know what it is. We all know what it is. So I know what the shirt stands for. I get it. But in this climate, in these times where everyone is saying black lives matter, black lives matter, and then there's the big fight between the, the dummies that are saying all lives matter and black lives matter, you can't wear a shirt that says football matters especially when you have an issue within your own staff about something a coach said using the N-word to a player that you have not come out and addressed. It's just, it just comes off as pure ignorance. And again, I know Dabo Sweeney's not that stupid. I know he's not. Is he ignorant? Obviously. He's obviously ignorant. But he cannot be that stupid. The dude has no feel. He has no sense of awareness. Like, Dabo, read the room, my friend. Read the room. I, I think it's, you know, it's the Clemson way what they've done, though. Trying to ignore this. Trying to sweep this under the rug. You know, it's insane with everything going on in the world. I mean, I, you know, I give Muschamp hell. I give him pure hell because of on-the-field results. If you take away on-the-field results, Muschamp is the model head football coach. Even Muschamp's out there marching with his players. We saw it on Friday in Columbia. Marching with his players. And like I said, I'm not trying to get into this deep conversation about these issues and, you know, everything, you know, whatever. Like, this is not a political show. I'm not a political scientist. But Dabo just showing a complete lack of awareness right now. I can't believe how ignorant he's being about all this stuff. I, I truly can't. I truly can't. But it comes off to me as like, I, you know, I'm not trying to put, 
I'm not trying to put words in Dabo's mouth or say this is how he feels, but it comes off to me as Dabo's a guy. He just don't give a shit, bro. He just wants to coach football. And that's all he wants to do. He don't give a damn about none of this other shit going on. He just wants to coach football. But Dabo, you have to care about these things. You have to, especially when your team is full of African-American kids. You have to. You just have to care. You don't have a choice because your lack of response comes off as ignorance. And it's funny because, like, I don't really even have to say anything about it. He's getting blasted nationally. It's just – it's it's crazy. It's it's nuts, man. But the Football Matters t-shirt, Dabo, I understand what Football Matters is. I get it. I get it. We all get it. But you just have to know better in this world. You have to know. You do. And I refuse to believe that Dabo is that stupid. I just do. I refuse to believe he's that dumb. So it'll be, you know, we'll, and we'll certainly cover it. It'll be interesting this, to see this week if there's any type of statement or any type of response, I guess. I mean, I, I just don't know how Clemson can remain silent on it, on the whole Pierman, you know, the, the, the tight ends coach saying the N-word. You know, that, that whole situation, too, is, is just ridiculous. You know, him trying to justify it, saying, I, I was just repeating back what the kid said. You're not that stupid. You can't be that stupid. You just can't be that dumb. That, come on, really? So, it'll be interesting to see if they say anything about it. It really will. But, uh, I will say, it gives the opportunity to say kudos to Will Muschamp, his staff, the way they've handled everything. Because I know Will Muschamp caught a little bit of heat from some people because he was putting out, you know, just more of a more of a pre-canned statement. I will say I think it's unfair how on social media people are being attacked for what they're, you know. I, I, I understand it from both sides because I understand that when you're in a position of power, like a Will Muschamp is – you need to come out and be a, a leader on this type of stuff and say something. But at the same time, the rippings he was taking from some people seemed a little ridiculous. And this is coming from a guy that I'm not a Muschamp fan as far as on the field. I don't dislike the human being. I don't dislike the guy. Just, the, you know, and that, that's – I've had this discussion. The fire Muschamp, it all comes from on-field results. It's nothing personal. So, kudos to Will Muschamp, though, and his staff for, you know – setting the example, being out there with their players, marching with them, you know, letting their kids know, hey, we stand with you on these issues. I think that, that, that speaks volumes and is a, is a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm glad my coach is doing that. So, anyways, that's going to wrap it up. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Episode 255 in the books. Um, obviously, like I said, we're back fully this week. Show will go on as normal. Um, so, really excited to be talking to you guys this week. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Stay tuned the rest of the week. Until next time. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.